Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends. Brought to you by DrRoto.com. Good evening, everybody. It's Wednesday night, and this is First Sip by Draft for Upside. Uh, with you, I am Brewery Mark, opening my first beer of the night. Oh, yeah. What are you drinking there? Uh, just the classic Founders Unraveled IPA. One of my favorites. Okay. Uh, easy to find here in Michigan. Okay. All right. And, I thought you uh, were going to say uh, you were going to have an all-day IPA because that was uh, a staple of you on any of these shows. Yeah. So, interestingly enough, um, Unraveled last year was only in six packs. This year, they're in 15 packs. And uh, the price is down to a dollar five a beer. So, I am going for the higher octane. Gotcha. With me is Chris Emmerich. How are you doing, sir? Well, I myself have a double jam. It is a uh, sour ale with strawberries, raspberries, vanilla, 6%. Really good, nice and sour. Comes out of a brewery in Washington, D.C. called Blue Jacket. They make some really good stuff. So I'm drinking that, and I've got some IPAs. And, you know, not going to get too crazy tonight, but just a little bit. (laughs) That sounds great. I love sours. Sours is probably my favorite style um, in the area I live, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere, it's very difficult to get it. So, um, yeah, I need to make a road trip to civilization. It's not quite the same as when you were in North Carolina. I mean, you weren't in civilization there either, but I feel like it's probably easier to get some of those things. Yeah. Where I was at, I had a pretty good, um, pretty good store where I could get a lot of, a lot of interesting beers for sure. Um, okay, so week three was an interesting week. Um, I ended up eh, a little under break even, so lost just a tiny bit of money. Um, I don't know. I just it just felt like a very weird week, especially in the showdowns. We kind of chatted about how the showdowns just went really weird, and you had players that nobody was playing <laughs> actually scoring. How did your uh, week three go? Well, I think you know how my week three went. It went pretty, <laughs> I mean, it went pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I will say that like on DraftKings, it was a little bit, uh, well, it was obviously not as good as it was on FanDuel. Um, I just, I guess I didn't put that, that, that perfect lineup together on DraftKings. Like I almost was able to, at least in the contest that I was in, um, it's a lot of those were conviction plays. They were plays out of the article. They were just kind of like a, a grouping of plays. Like, I feel good about all of these, put them together, and it kind of worked out. Um, I was kind of disappointed that on DraftKings, I had quite a bit of the Buffalo offense, but I, like many people that was playing Josh Allen, played him with Stefan Diggs, did not play him with Emmanuel Sanders. And despite the fact that I had Cole Beasley in some of those, it just, you know, and I ran it back with Logan Thomas. It just, it, it just wasn't there. Uh, my afternoon, my early, it was kind of the same thing. I feel those were, it was a week that I felt really good. I felt really good about, you know, the questions we asked, the answers we got, the lineups we put together, just uh, the construction of some of them that didn't come together the way that I guess I needed to. Um, you know, Brissett went off late, albeit. Jaseki had a good game. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, I think, was the the biggest leak because I had quite a bit of him on DraftKings and far less on FanDuel because I didn't think that the pricing kind of matched up. So, yeah, that's that's how that goes. But hey, look, it worked out. I will tell you, uh, it is a lot better during the week when you have a really good week 
Um, you know, on Sunday, if you have a bad or a losing or just whatever the case is, it's not a great week. You really want to get back and, and just start playing again. Like, you know, that that Sunday night showdown, the Monday, you just kind of want to get that that bad feeling off. I will tell you this week, uh, it's okay. <laughs> like Sunday, I'm excited. I'm excited to take a look at this slate, but I don't have that same, you know, urge to get back out there in the ring. Right. It's like I won the championship belt. I'm, 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 I don't need to defend the title yet, but, uh, that's not how it works. So, yeah. So if you want to know what we're talking about, go check us out on, uh, Twitter and Facebook, uh, drroto.com and you'll see Chris's, uh, fan lineup where he hit for 40 K. It was super close to 100, and I had no idea because I, I wasn't checking it. I, I think if they had gotten the onside kick recovery and Brady had you know connected with Godwin or Gronk, it could have, it could have very well have taken first place. I was like six or seven points out. Now, were you hurt at all from the uh, record-long field goal against the Lions? I no. I mean, we'll we'll talk about what I was hurt about in terms of that game um, because there there were things that hurt me. Um, but it wasn't the it wasn't the field goal. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else from week three you want to get rolling into um, week four? Let's just get into week four. Let's do it. All right. Let's start out here. We have Giants at the Saints. It's currently at seven and a half. Um, you know, really, what offense do you think we'll see here from New Orleans? I it seems every week they're a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, I was looking through this and, and I didn't realize it um, until just now, I, I guess I, I, you know, with winning last week, I, I didn't comb through the box scores and, and kind of look at some of these games the way that I normally do. I had no idea that Kenny stills got involved in this offense for new <laughs> Orleans. Um, I'm just looking through this now and I'm like, what can, can, is this, is this an error? Do I have an input here? And I, I went and double checked like three different places. I was like, no, Kenny still got a couple targets. He played out there. Um, he ran, he ran a bunch of routes like, okay. Um, I guess the biggest concern that I have or the, the question in, in regards to this team is that, you know, Traquan Smith might be back. Now you've got Kenny Sills. Uh, what kind of market share do these wide receivers, what are they going to have? Marcus right. Galloway was somebody that we targeted early in the season. Uh, he did score a touchdown in week three. And, it, you know, it was partially because of the great preseason, but partially because there was nobody else. And so we thought they were going to throw the ball a ton. And that just hasn't been the case. I mean, we saw 20 passes from Jameis Winston, 22, and then 21 in the first three weeks. That's not a lot. I think the only part of this offense that I'm interested in, especially against a really, really, really bad rush defense, is Alvin Kamara. Um, This Giants defense has given up 28, 29, and 27 fantasy points to running backs on the Broncos, the football team, and the Falcons. None of those running backs are in the same caliber class as Alvin Kamara. Only problem we have is that, you know, Sean Payton's still bringing in Taysom Hill to steal touchdowns in these just completely obvious designed runs for him. And why? Why why do you do this? Like, it doesn't make any – like, no, that's going to happen. So why? I I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. And um, I know Jameis is inconsistent. He's the gun – he's the prototypical gunslinger. He'll just throw it in the coverage. But – God, it seems limiting at 20. 
uh, passes a game. Let's let's see what the guy can do. I mean, even when he was losing in Tampa, he was putting up spectacular numbers, especially on the deep ball. So uh, maybe that's a telling sign of the quality of the receivers right now, and Trey Quan might make a difference there. Yeah, and I mean, on the other side of the ball, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm really interested in anything here. I mean, Daniel Jones disappointed me and a lot of other people in week three. I had a ton of Daniel Jones, especially over on owner's box, uh, where you could uh, super flex him and then have Matt Ryan and just, you know, do a huge game stack here. And that game just did not yeah, live up to the expectations. We'll get to that game. <laughs> um, but yeah so like daniel jones like who do you even pair him with because all these wide receivers are banged up you know if sterling shepherd is back I, I i definitely think that he's a guy that i can put in here run back from alvin Kamara. but you know aside from that you've just got kind of darts that you're throwing against the wall and Kadarius tony colin johnson cj board i don't know uh saquon got there last week but against this rush defense in new orleans I just don't think I'm going to have very much of this game on either side. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I'm not, the Giants offense just hasn't impressed. They're banged up a little bit. So yeah, I'm pretty much a fade. I mean, obviously Kamara, if you can afford him, but in DFS, he's going to be one of the top price players. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not going to play much here. Yeah, I think Kamara at his price, eighty four hundred. It's it's going to come down to what the ownership is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm all in on this guy if he's sub 13 percent. But if he's above that in this matchup, I'm probably um, going to have far less of him. I, you know, his ceiling is there. Um, it's somewhat capped with the Taysom Hill, but you know, he had he had a couple opportunities to get two and three touchdowns if it if it went the right way, um, but it just didn't. So he he's always in play for that reason at low ownership. All right, so let's head on to um, God. Last week, I would have said this was going to be one of the primo games, high scoring shootouts. Chiefs at the Eagles um, is in Chiefs by seven right now. Um, I don't know. After last week, can Justin Hurts and the Eagles even hang with the Chiefs, or are they just going to get blown off the field? Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of questions here. Um, the the Chiefs' defense has looked terrible, so this um, this Eagles' offense led by by Hertz, it, you know, it's Jalen. Jalen, sorry, <laughs> it's all good. Way too uh, many J's. I I know, I know. I, I was just trying to like, where, where do I do this? Do I not bring it up? Like, I, I had to at yeah, that point. Whatever. Like, I just I I, I stumbled. If there. anybody listens, they know I mess <laughs> names up all the time. That's a, Hey, it's okay. It's all right. We, so do I, so do I, it's going to happen. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess the biggest problem is that this chief's defense has looked really bad, um, but it's looked really bad against the run. And, you know, the Eagles, if they fall behind have shown that they don't like to run the ball. Um, they're going to try and air it out. I think part of the problem that this offense has from a real football standpoint and th- these wide receivers is they're not just like these, these huge wide receivers that can go up and high point a ball. Um, they're smaller wide receivers. They play small, even if they are bigger. And I, I think that's just going to present problems, especially when you have a quarterback who's inaccurate, like, like Jalen Hurts is um, he can extend plays and he's able to run the ball and, and certainly can take advantage of garbage time. But I, I kind of like Kansas city, even though that they're on the road here, you know, the usual suspects, uh, your Tyreek Hill, um, your Travis Kelsey, and, you know, even Clyde Edward Hilaire is still, inexpensive enough that you could consider playing him 
I don't know if I'll get there. I don't know how the construction is going to be, but I have a lot of questions about like, I, you know, is this game, this game profiles to me to look a lot like uh, the game on Monday night for the Eagles, but maybe they can get a little bit more done. Maybe this defense on Kansas city is not quite as good. I'll have to kind of look into it a little bit more. Miles Sanders is interesting. Yeah. And while it's a matter of if they use them, three runs is what the Eagles had against Dallas. And that's just insane. It's the lowest number of runs ever in the NFL in a single game on a single team. Uh, I I don't get it. I mean, you have Miles Sanders, who I think is pretty good. Get him the get him the ball. I mean, he's not great. He's not Alvin Kamara, but he's still solid. He's a good scat back. He can get out there. Um, on the flip side for me, I, I don't see anybody in the Eagles defense that can stop anybody. Slay doesn't roam the field. He stays on one side. The Chiefs are very good at rotating their receivers around. So they're going to rotate coverage. And I'm not scared of Slay anyways. I think Tyreek Hill will blow right by him. Mm-hmm. Um, I You know, I kind of see the Chiefs running, getting away from the running game a little bit with all the fumble problems. And uh, I just I just see a huge day for the passing game. Yeah, I guess the, the biggest thing is for me in the question, and this is the question in every Chiefs game, uh, just because of the way that they're priced is, can I stack it with Mahomes? Can I do this? And can I put in Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? And then who am I going to run it back with? And that's the biggest concern I have with this Eagles offense. They're very similar to you know, Indianapolis Colts two weeks ago, where I'm just not necessarily sure if I want to, put in you know smith or watkins or any of these guys i just don't know it's just like i didn't know about Pittman. but I, I, if you're stacking the three of those guys you kind of got to figure out one and you just take it from there all right Texas. we've got a question or miles oh. sanders the key from heat override yeah i mean he, he certainly is but i don't know if i want to run it back with miles sanders is the problem yeah i just don't know if they'll use them i am i'm terrified of the fact that they just don't run the ball in Philly right now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, Texans at the Bills. Uh, huge line in this. The Bills by 15 and a half, which is understandable. Um, are we going to get anything out of Stefan Diggs? Is this his bounce back game against a terrible Houston defense? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think so. Um, if I'm playing a Buffalo stack, I you know, I would feel really dirty not playing Stefan Diggs. I mean, look, if you're just playing one lineup, you got to make some choices. But if you're playing multiple lineups and you have multiple Bills stacks, which I think you should almost have every single week, you got to have some with Stefan Diggs, right? Um, this guy is still dominating the targets and he's still getting quite a few of the air yards. I mean, if we look at his market share it was 39 percent of the air yards despite a kind of a lackluster week three so if that's the case i mean it should come here i mean 32 percent air yards 41 39 i i I love this week for digs i think that they kind of have to get him involved in the sense of getting them scoring you know they got these other guys here I, i mean he's certainly involved so i guess that's the wrong way to say it um I love Stefan Diggs this week, especially if his ownership comes in low. We'll just see. Like, I mean, first thought, do you think Josh Allen is a play that you want to go to? If the answer is yes, you're probably pairing him with Diggs. And a byproduct of that is that you're going to automatically have 10% Diggs ownership just, just off of that alone. Now, you had uh, Komet 
is it, it's commit right scored the last two weeks um do you keep playing them or were those just oddities and nature of those games oh uh, you're talking about dawson knox knox that's it commits chicago god i'm <laughs> i'm all over the place tonight uh yeah i mean i just i don't know um i i think that I guess you could if you're going to put him with Diggs. He has been involved a little bit, but I think last week was kind of a ceiling game for him. 14.9 points. Um, can you really expect more at 3,600? You you almost really kind of want that to be a realistic possibility. He can score a touchdown and not get there. And that's kind of one of the things that I've been looking at in terms of, you know, if your guy scores a touchdown and, and you know, their touchdowns are random, this is what you want. But if your guy scores a touchdown, can he get to the floor? Um, so a guy like that we'll talk about later, like DeAndre Swift, if he scores a touchdown, he's probably going to get to an 18 point floor. If a guy like Keaton Allen between 6,000 and 7,000 scores a touchdown, he's probably going to get you know eight or nine receptions 100 yards so he's going to be around that 18 point floor i just think dawson knox is a guy that you can have one catch for one touchdown two yards and not even achieve the floor that you need so i'm probably going to steer clear of him yeah and understandable um and and for our listeners out there this is this is kind of how we like to do things we don't like to just give you the picks and the players we like to get into the game theory and understand the stats, floors, ceilings, and everything else. And for more detailed stuff, come and visit us at drrodo.com. We have a lot of writers, a lot of experts who are giving you this same type of advice. Yeah, the one guy that's on we haven't talked about, uh, Zach Moss. He's a guy that was a popular ad on fantasy teams this week, and he has been involved. But you know, the concern with Zach Moss is the same concern we've always had with Zach Moss, right? Um, 44, 71 snaps last week, 18 to 63 the week before that. This is not a guy that's super involved in the offense from a, from a fantasy perspective for DFS. Like if you were light on running back because, you know, you had CMC and you didn't have Chuba Hubbard or whatever the case is, and you needed to go on the waivers and pick up a Zach Moss, I think he's fine for a running back too, or kind of a a deep flex play, but I'm not sure that at, um, you know, 5,300, uh, I feel confident him getting to 15 points beyond. I, I mean, he needs to get a touchdown, but the problem is even if he does, he's not a guy that's going to get a ton of yards. Or two, or he's got to get two. He's not He's not <laughs> going to have a ton of yards. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, again, I like him in season. I don't like him here. On the other side of things, it's Cooks. It's only Cooks, and it's just Cooks, man. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing else there but Cooks. No Chris Conley, no Anthony Miller. I don't want any part of the the running back trio of old dudes. Uh, you know, David Johnson, Mark Ingram, and then the the much younger, probably the best back in that backfield. If he had it to himself, I'd probably be interested. Or if it was just two of them, it's Philip Lindsay. But nah, I mean, I, I, I think uh this is a game where you just maybe take Buffalo defense and uh call it a day. All right. Um moving on, Panthers at the Cowboys. Um couple couple things that stood out to me i really liked the coaching in the cowboys game on monday night they really adjusted to what philadelphia was doing and just just threw zeke right down right down their throats just went away from the passing game said we could run all over them and did it and didn't try to force a pass uh panthers we have is um mccaffrey playing or is he out he's out for a couple weeks right right yeah 
So, you know, can the Panthers offense keep up without having McCaffrey on the field? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because we're going to see two of the the more surprising units, um, mm-hmm. you know, going into the season. First and foremost, the Panthers offense. And then you've got the Dallas defense that has looked kind of like they're for real. Um, you know, we got to pump the brakes a little bit here, though, because we are talking about a Dallas defense that has played or looked really, really good against Philly. They played decently against the Chargers, and they kind of just got tore up by the Bucs. So they've looked better. And Carolina hasn't played some of the, the best competition either. And, you know, here's the thing. Like, that Eagles team, coming out of week one, we thought that Atlanta offense was going to be really good. And so when this Eagles defense looked good against Atlanta, we were like, okay, maybe they're for real. This This Philly team looks good. Now we're sitting here ahead of week four, and I don't think that the Eagles are very good, and I certainly don't think Atlanta's very good. No. And I think that that was more of the byproduct of what we saw there. So um, I, I definitely, you know, it goes without question saying uh, Christian McCaffrey and his absence hurts this team. But you still have got some really, you know, heavy usage from a fantasy perspective and DJ Moore, who just gets the ball all the freaking time we're talking eight targets 11 yeah. targets 12 targets that's the only thing that uh sam Darnold seems to like to throw now i did see some reports uh coming out of panthers camp that they are spending some extra time trying to get robbie anderson involved so that's something to monitor but um i think kind of interested in kind of swerving a little bit here and maybe playing a little dak with some cd lamb and grab some dj Moore on the comeback uh dallas has been running the ball quite a bit i think they go back to to passing it against the panthers at home sounds like a plan um i mean if you can afford zeke uh i i like him again in this situation and they've been using him how they used to use him a couple years ago um granted you know they didn't have dak all last year but um it just seems like the old zeke a little bit he's got a little better step i like the way that they're um bringing in uh, Pollard to rest mm-hmm. them up, every, every, you know, it just seems to be flowing a lot better. Yeah, I guess we're going to have to find out when we eventually see it in a game where it's not a run-heavy script. Um, you know, yeah. they ran the ball like 28 times between those two guys in week three. And what if what if we only see 20 attempts? Are, are we going to see the same level of distribution or – you know, are they going to rotate Pollard in on, on, you know, every third drive or whatever the case is? And that's going to significantly limit the upside for for Elliott. And, and it could, but he seems to be the option that they want to go to within the five-yard line and not so much Tony Pollard. Sir, you know, Pollard can score, but he's going to have to do it from further out. I still like Zeke at 6,500. It's just this Panthers defense has looked really good at stopping the run. Again, let's talk about they played the texans and the jets and then you know they had a tough game against the saints but they've they've limited all of those teams in a fantasy perspective i mean we're talking nine seven and six so that's the concern i have with playing zeke or playing poly all right browns at the vikings both of these teams have been chucking the ball left and right the vikings have been a little more impressive to me uh is this a sneaky shootout? Is this a game that we want to stack both ways? I think so. Um, you know, the the more I look at it, it, it just feels like 
feels like the Vikings are this year's Dallas Cowboys. Um, at least the the early season Dallas Cowboys from last year. Because look at that Cowboys defense is actually good. I mean, competent. We're not going to have a lot of shootouts to 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 go to there. Not at the price points that we're seeing. But this Vikings team has given up a ton of points every single game. And you have a pretty condensed target tree when it comes to Cleveland. You know, it's going to be Odell Beckham, who's obviously, you know, 100%, got nine targets. I'm not looking at Peoples-Jones. I'm not looking at Schwartz. I'm not looking at Higgins. I'm kind of interested in Hunt in this game, even coming off a big game, 6,000, you know, getting involved in the passing game. And then on the other side of things, you know, this this Minnesota team, I, you know, I called it as a Justin Jefferson week last week. It felt like it was, and it was. I mean, the guy went off, nine catches, 118 yards, touchdown. Um, I think that's what we're going to see more of is Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he mentions that they're, they're feeding Adam Thielen the ball. It's just not to the same degree as the other parts of that offense. And he's getting, you know, he had 17 points last week, but that was bailed out by a touchdown, six catches, 50 yards, six catches, 39 yards. I, you know, it's super touchdown dependent. He scored four of them. This guy's not going to have uh, a 30% touchdown rate. Like it's just not going to happen. So. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, they got to get uh, uh, Justin involved more um, over Thielen. He's just a much better player, much better threat, but Thielen's always going to be there. So it's it's kind of a almost a Seattle situation, you know. Do you play more? Do you play, you know? So, um, from the Cleveland side, any love for Chubb? Do you think there's any any running going on? Is he going to scrap a touchdown when they get down to the five yard line? Yeah, I mean, he probably will. The guy scores touchdowns almost every single game, and he didn't score a touchdown last week. So I just kind of feel like he's due. I think the last time. I mean, maybe it happened like once last year that he had two games back-to-back. It was Pittsburgh and Kansas City where he didn't score touchdowns. And maybe this game being one where if they fall behind, he doesn't get as involved. But maybe Cleveland comes out and they get ahead and they get the first score. And, you know, that defensive line looks really good against Chicago. Could have been who they were playing. But if they can get pressure on Kirk Cousins and make him uncomfortable, Cleveland could jump out to a big lead and, you know, get away with it with Chubb. So that's kind of the 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 other way to look at this game, I guess, is, you know, it's like you've got the stack with Beckham, with Jefferson, with, you know, Thielen, if you want to throw it out there, even Osborne or, or Conklin got involved last week. Or on the other side of things, like, look, you could just throw out Chubb here. Let's just run out Chubb. Like this game's supposed to be, um, you know, a high-scoring affair. Uh, Cleveland's favored by two points, but what if it's not? What if Cleveland yeah, just kinda, like, gets ahead of like by two or three scores? You know, I kind of like this being in Minnesota, taking that two and a half points. If I was a gambling man, which we all know I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do too. I'm just trying to think of like what's the opposite of this. I mean, if if people are going to look at this game the way that I initially looked at it. Like, Hey, the Vikings are a team that we want to attack uh, or the game that involved that the Vikings are involved in. We want to be a part of because it's just going to be a high scoring affair on both sides of the ball. Maybe we just try and, you know, get away from it and hope that the game fails. But if the game fails, how does this game look? 
I think if this game fails and, you know, fails to keep it close, if the Vikings get out to a huge lead, I still think that they're pretty viable from a fantasy perspective, much like yeah. the, the Monday night game that we just saw where the, the Cowboys get out to this huge lead and you still have some fantasy goodness there gobbled up mostly by the running backs in that scenario. But you know, CD lamb should have had that first touchdown. I should have got my plus 800 prop, just like a lot of other people. And then I could have got my anytime score kills me, but <laughs> you know, I can see a, a scenario where the Browns get up just like they did against Kansas city and they protect the lead better this time. And they run Chubb 20, 25 times. He's got 130 yards, two touchdowns. And this Minnesota team just, you know, disappoints. And then you're just ahead of so many lineups if that happens. So that's kind of where I'm at. All right. So moving on to, well, at least what I think is one of the more boring games of the week. Uh, Colts at Dolphins. Um, I don't know. It's a low total what do we got 40 42 somewhere around there is there anybody in this game that you're interested in yeah of course man (laughs) (laughs) there's always somebody but uh yeah i mean i'm hitching my i'm hitching my things to i don't even know what they're called um I don't know. I think I probably know the word, but I, I can't think of it. It's not because I've been drinking. I just don't have the vocab. I don't hitch things to wagons or whatever they're called. What, who cares? Let's, yeah, let's yeah. move on. Yeah. Who do you uh, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. It is Jacoby Brissett, and <laughs> it, it, it is a Jacoby Brissett revenge game. I, look, I, 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 didn't, <laughs> I didn't think of that initially. I thought of it uh, like earlier today. But, yeah, it's a Jacoby Brissett revenge game. He's at 5,100. He gives you a ton of upside. He was a guy that I kind of targeted last week because I thought he was a great pivot off of fields. He's gotten Jacecki involved, and you want to know another narrative? You just said it's a revenge game, but do you know whose birthday it is? Mike Jacecki's birthday. I have no <laughs> idea go. how old he is, but it's a birthday narrative. So I love that combo. Uh, Michael Pittman has been uh, massively involved in that offense scene. Uh, let me pull it up here. He saw... 60% of the air yards in the last two weeks. So seems, seems high. Yeah. Seems like something I want, right? Uh, you know, after a week one target share of 11% and everybody worrying, we saw 35 and 33. So Michael Pittman's the run back, Jacoby Brissett, small stack with Jacecki. And then you've got a ton of salary left over. You are, you are rich and you can, you can put anybody else you want in there. Yeah. And I really don't have anything to add. I, I, <laughs> I didn't have the Jacoby Brissett take, but Jacecki and Pittman were, were the two I would uh, go towards if I'm going to play anybody in this game. Um, and I think and the great, great salary savers, like you said. I think you can go to Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller's always in play every single week. I mean, sometimes he doesn't. He's, he'll get hurt. It doesn't matter. I, I mean, he'll get hurt or he'll catch two long touchdowns. You know, so yeah. either of those things can happen. We did see, you know, Jalen Waddle get. 13 targets in that garbage time at the comeback. He caught most of those. Uh, it was an abysmal 12 catches for 58 yards, uh, but a decent fantasy output. So Jalen Waddle definitely is somebody that Brissett likes to throw the ball to. So at uh, 4,900, somewhat interested there. This defense on the Colts side in their secondary has, uh, let's take a quick look here. This defense has not been, not been good. And not been good against wide receivers. So I think I think 
you know, Jacecki profiles more like a wide receiver the way that they line him up, but Waddle's the other piece. So you can even double stack this. Uh, but the problem is it's 42 total. Like you're, you're not double stacking a 42 total. Right. Exactly. All, All right, right. So we can move on to uh, an equally interesting game, right? <laughs> Titans at Jets. So um, I don't know. This just feels like a Titans onslaught. Do we go with the classic running back defense loaded up? Yeah, why not? I mean, that's all. <laughs> that's all I got, man. There's nothing on the Jets here, man. Uh, there's just there's just nothing like just uh, just jam Henry down their throats and. Yeah, man. I think you play Henry. You don't even think about it too much. I think you know. I guess the the other way that you can, of course, go is throwing out Julio Jones. There's, there's, it's not a problem. I mean, Julio Jones, if he scores and it's very possible he does takes away from Derrick Henry. So I, th- I think you could play one or the other. Um, Corey Davis is in a fine position to run it back. Uh, the guys at 5,000, this Titans defense is not great. Uh, you know, the Jets offense is worse, but Corey Davis last week still saw 10 targets. It's just a matter of whether or not they're catchable balls, what kind of coverage. And I do think that the Broncos, despite the cupcake schedule that they've had, are going to have better, better, uh, better corners, a better secondary. I think Corey Davis could uh, get something going this week. Like, look, they're not going to score zero points, you know, so I, I think Corey Davis scores a touchdown. All right. Um Lions at the Bears. Um, this is uh, actually no. I have the Lions losing this one too. They go zero and four. Now, I I don't know. I, I I will give the Lions one thing. They're not quitting. They're fighting to the end. There's they're keeping up in these games. So I can see them completely keeping this line close. The Bears' defense hasn't looked as good as you expect in the past. Their defensive line's a little bit banged up right now. Is this a DeAndre Swift game? Man, I think every game is a DeAndre Swift game. I mean, <laughs> I just totally do. Like, the guy is just involved enough in the passing game that despite sharing backfield uh, snaps with Jamal Williams, I think he's the guy that they want to have the ball. They're just trying not to overwork him. I mean, the groin injury is one that I'm not super concerned with. I love Jamal Williams, probably the best character in the NFL. I love seeing all the videos coming out. The dude's hilarious. Um, Seems just like to be a a super, super fun guy to be around. That being said, I just wish he wouldn't steal any. Look, the touches are one thing. Just don't steal the touchdowns from Swift. Uh, I think Swift is just one of those guys that's going to be overlooked for a couple of reasons. The groin injury is one. The second one is that Detroit's just going to always be underdogs. In this case, they're on the road. They're only assumed to have 19 and a half points. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a game where you don't want a player from there, but Swift's involvement in the passing game looks good. Uh, on the other side of things, David Montgomery is at 5,800. Super you know, low on David Montgomery, but that's a super low price. Uh, what are your thoughts that this Lions defense didn't give up in as many points last week, but let's say they still gave up 6.8 yards per play, which means they should have given up more points. But, you know, I don't even know if the Chicago Bears offense had 6.8 yards total last week. <laughs> I guess for me, it's going to come down to who's going to quarterback because they're kind of leaving it up in the air of who's going to do it. But 
I think Monty's a great pick. Detroit cannot stop the run. Um, you know, he hasn't done much from a fantasy perspective the first three weeks. This is Detroit is the team to correct all of that for a running back. Um, it, so honestly, if I'm going to play anybody, that's who I'm going to play. Um, the secondary has actually been okay for Detroit. They haven't been getting blown away by uh, the passing game. They've given up a few big plays, but they're being competitive. So, yeah, I'm leaning towards teams running against Detroit, especially in a low total game like this that's expected to be close. Yeah, and I mean, on Detroit's side, too, who else do you play from the team outside of Swift? You know, you've got Quintez Cephas one week. You've got Khalif Raymond the next one. Is it going to be Amon Ra St. Brown next? I, you know, I don't know. Like, I like I think, Darnell Mooney on the other side of things. And, of course, yeah. who you're going to say is TJ Hawkinson, right? Yeah, he's. I think he's the only consistent piece in the passing game. I agree. Uh, although he wasn't consistent last week. No, but the first two weeks he had the targets. Um, I don't know that the Baltimore game was really a weird game. It the game flow was weird the whole time. Okay. Yeah, I like Swift. We'll see what his ownership is. We'll see if other people feel the same way as the week goes on. But uh, you know, again, 40, 42 point total. I'm not sure I really want to get too involved in this game. No, no. I think I think Swift is your play. Move on from there. All right, uh, the Washington football team at the absolute dreadful Atlanta Falcons. Now, not that Washington has a great offense, but, man, the Falcons just seem to suck on both sides of the ball. <laughs> so is this a uh, Washington blowout? I don't think it's a blowout with this Washington team. The The defense isn't as advertised. Um, you know, I've heard so many people say it. I've said it. Um, but this, the secondary is the biggest problem. So I'm not interested in Mike Davis. I'm not interested in Cardell Patterson, but like, look, could this be a, like a Kyle Pitts week? Is this in time for Calvin Ridley to get right? I think both of those guys need to get involved. And I think they do at home against this team. It, it, it just seems like the only logical place. Everybody is so down on Atlanta, myself included. It just feels like this is a bounce back spot for them. And then they're going to blow it and lose because, you know, I do like Tyler Heineke. I think he's a, a actually a really good play in DFS going against this Atlanta defense. He's 5,900. But the guy has shown the ability to put up fantasy points. He'll run the ball in if he needs to. And even in a blowout, they were able to come back and um, really put it together. Now, who do you pair in that game? Like, yeah, we could go to Logan Thomas. And and everybody knows that uh, I'm the biggest Logan Thomas fan in the world. I think I was the, the original Logan Thomas fan. Uh, the original Michael Gallup fan. I'm, uh, you know, I'm an original and maybe only Kevin Na fan, but it's a different <laughs> sport. I don't think so. This is not a Logan Thomas week for me, not at 4,900, not with some of the other options that are probably on the slate. I, I could be wrong. I really like Terry McLaren here. I think Logan Thomas was a great play last week in the sense that Tredavious White was going to be covering McLaren for the majority of it. He was admirable, caught four balls on seven targets, 62 yards, but that 10 points isn't going to get us anywhere. Um, so Logan Thomas just made like a really good fit if you wanted to double stack that game or get a run back because, you know, like where, where was it going to go? Uh, we didn't think Gibson was going to do anything. He did, but we didn't think so. I, I think this is just a Terry McLaren week. Uh, I think he's going to get 10 targets. He's going to catch six, seven, eight, nine, maybe all 10 get 100 yards and a touchdown and if he gets 100 yards 
he's pretty close to his floor. Terry McLaren's a great GPP play for me. Yeah, I like that call a lot. Oh, sorry. Had to open that beer. That's um, okay, man. I opened one too, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. You saw me looking down. It's because it's just it doesn't doesn't taste like what I thought it was going to. I was uh, looking for a date because it does not feel nice and fresh. But you know, maybe it is. I don't know. It's getting a little bit better. <laughs> it always gets better as the night goes on. Kind of like the Washington football team, right? Um, yeah. I, you know, I. I personally have no interest in Atlanta at all here. I don't see it as a bounce back. I really think there is a coaching offense problem with this team that they need to figure out how to correct. Maybe this is the game where they figure it out. I don't know. I'm not willing to play it. However, I do like a Heineke McLaren stack. I love it. All right. So you think this is more like a Washington football team defense get right spot that they're going to sack Matt Ryan. They're going to look like the team from last year. I mean, let's keep it. Let's look, let's, yeah. let's, let's, you know, we got to pump the brakes a little bit on the Washington football team, myself included here. But I, I think, I think everybody is doing this. Like this defense was good last year, but was it really that good? I mean, they played in the NFC East. I think they had a losing record. They won the division and some people seem to kind of, you know, forget that. Like, remember the NFC East was bad last year. You know, like Dallas didn't have Dak. The Eagles looked just as bad as they look right now, except for their quarterback was it mobile. And then you had the Giants who just looked as bad. They're like this, this, these teams are bad. Like we just, yeah. I, I don't know. Did we, did we think teams that were bad when there were no fans in the stands would do better with crowd noise? I, I don't know, man. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is a bounce back spot. Maybe Matt Ryan is dust and, and Kyle Pitts is going to be the bust, uh, at least yeah, fantasy-wise this year, that that I predicted. And it's not really about Washington's defense as much as it, is, it is about Atlanta's offense. I just – it's just in disarray. It just, it just doesn't make any sense to me when I watch it. So yeah, and keep in mind, too, when I say this about Kyle Pitts, I'm just kind of referring to where he was drafted in seasonal leagues. It's just way too high um for the production that he's given but i just feel like he has to break out at some point this is as good as we can any um you know I, just given the consensus that you're not on atlanta Heat's not on atlanta i'm sure there's a lot of people that aren't on atlanta i might play a little bit of atlanta i don't know we'll see maybe hey, I will. Hey, it's a great leverage play I, we'll see all right now for me this is my game of the week so you know i'm a stafford fan I always thought he got a raw, raw deal in Detroit. I told you at the beginning of the season, I put down 20 bucks. The Rams going to win the Super Bowl. I got some good odds on it. I love it. Um, and you also have Kyler Murray on the other side. This feels like a shootout. This will probably be one of the highest owned games and stack games in DFS this week. Um, but from a fan standpoint, this is what I am excited about. Um now, the, the question always is, especially with, uh, well, it seems like the Rams, it's Cooper Cup. Woods doesn't seem to be involved at much at all. He's getting a lot of targets, but it doesn't seem like he's catching many. But on the Cardinals side, who's Kyler throwing to, or do you see this being more of a run game for them? No, I mean, I think that you're right. It, it, the Rams... Cooper Cup at 7,800, he's become super expensive. Yeah. Um, you almost need that level of production that he's been doing. And what's, what's Woods it's gonna... at? Really quick, sorry. Robert Woods is at 5,300. So he's I mean, dirt cheap. God, if 
I'm yeah, I know. Back week and he's so much leverage. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you can even play the two of them together. I talked about this with Lou on um, Sports Byline. You know, you're looking at 5,300 and you're looking at 7,800. That's 1,300. So you're looking, you know, a minimum of uh, what, 36 points or something like that. So 36 points. You know, if if you look at them as a collective duo, even if Cup falls short and Woods just blows out expectation, you're okay. Like, you're probably not in GPP, like, Millie Maker winning standpoint. But if you pair them with uh, Stafford, I think, I think you can do them together. I, I think it's okay. Um, it's not the best route in the world i guess i mean I, I don't know i don't know i have no idea how lineups are constructed together or the ownership but man just cup at eight thousand. just it, it seems like this has to stop dude it just can't it, continue like this yeah, eventually he's gonna is gonna be be priced up so high you can't play him i but i will say my the lineups i made money on last week were a stafford cup higby stack the worked out very well for me last week so i'll probably go back to that well this week I mean, it's he's got five touchdowns in three weeks. I, you know, his targets are not not so wild that I don't think that they can continue 10, 11, 12. Uh, his catch rate, 7, 9, and 9. Like, th- those are not wild things. I mean, 15 no, yards good. reception, 18. You know, there was a big play in that week, too. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess you could play cop, but you you know the bigger question is the one that you asked initially that I have not answered because I just don't have an answer for it right now. It's just it, it's it's one of those things that you have to look at. Are we going to play DeAndre Hopkins at seventy seven hundred? I think it's a great price. Um, are we going to play Christian Kirk? I, I'm probably out on Kirk this week. I, I, it just feels like everybody was on Kirk after, or I was on Kirk going into week one. Had a great week. Uh, everybody picked up Kirk and then he had nothing in week two. And then all of a sudden he comes back in week three when everybody's on Rondell Moore. And I think this is going to be the story for, for Arizona because you're going to have to pick the right guy. I think I'm going to go back to Rondell Moore at 4,600. The one guy that, you know, people have written off is AJ Green at 4,500. I don't know, man. Like he's gotten six targets every single week, gotten some yards. I, I think he's playable. It's just, you know, this is an expensive stack if you're playing it with Kyler because he's 7,800 himself, yeah. and like you got to get it right, and and you got to get him to run the ball a little bit. Yeah, and and what you're describing to me is a lot of recency biased, right? So, you know, Kirk has the big week one; everybody plays him in week two. Rondell Moore is a big week two; everybody plays him in week three, and and that's one of the things with DFS is you got to get this recency bias out of your head, right? And and think about the best the best plays. Um, so I, I'm kind of with, I'm with you is, is this probably isn't the best week for uh, Chris Kirk, but, um, coming back to AJ green. So he's getting about six targets a game, but they don't seem significant. And when I watch the tape, right. They, they seem to be kind of middle of the field possession receptions. I don't see him targeting him a lot down in the end zone. Um, but at that price, that's a maybe a good GPP for you. Yeah, I guess the most interesting as we've talked about this for me is going to be DeAndre Hopkins, seventy seven hundred, just going to go way under owned. Has not 
just not been a part of this offense. And I think people are going to see that. And, you know, what you said about recency bias is absolutely correct. It's not about finding necessarily the best plays. It's about finding the plays. And and, and I know what you meant, but it's about finding the plays that could be the best plays. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and DeAndre Hopkins on any given week can be the best play on the entire slate. And now that he's down at 7,700, um, it's just, it's a huge discount for him. And I love it. I, I think he's the play. I think you play it with Cooper Cup, with Robert Woods, with Matthew Stafford. You you play all parts of this. Um, well, we we talked about this with um, Zeke a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, when he was down sixty five hundred or something like that. He was really cheap, and we're like, how can you not play him? He's a premier running back, and this is the cheapest you're ever going to see him on DraftKings. And this might be a case with DeAndre Hopkins this week. Yeah, and in terms of like drops in price, I mean, there's not a lot of premier guys that saw these massive drops in price. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is one of those at 500. It's just where? Let me see something here. Pull this up. DeAndre Hopkins. I guess he was actually only 7,800 last week, but it seems wrong. Yeah, whatever the case is. Um, a guy like Calvin Ridley's seen a bigger price drop, but I, I love DeAndre Hopkins here for for seventy seven hundred. So that's pretty All much right. where I'm at here. One, I, I do think one, Henderson will be back too. By the way, yeah. One one comment before we uh, move on to this game is uh, throw Woods in at that cheap price, and you can pay up for Kelsey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's not a bad strategy at all. All right. Um, the Seahawks at uh, Dangers 49ers. <laughs> um, you know, Garoppolo's looked okay. You got Debo. Um, the running game seems to be kind of a mess in San Francisco. Um, I don't know. Do you go from the Seattle side? It's another case of Lockett or DK every week. Um, Chris Carson seems to be more and more involved every week. I, I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place here. Where are you going to land? Yeah, I mean, Chris Carson has been pretty disappointing. I mean, he scored some touchdowns. Uh, without it, I mean, he's always been that guy that needs to score a touchdown to get there because he's not. he, he just hasn't, you know, in the last year and a half, two years, been the guy that's going to get you 100 yards. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to get the bonus. Uh, right. He got a little involved in the passing game last year, but just not the case this year. Um when you're looking at DK Metcalf, 7,200, Tyler Lockett, 7,100, both of these are super attractive plays to me. Metcalf, nine targets, 11 targets. Uh, you know, we can write off that week one, five targets as they were blowing them out and there just weren't a lot of targets to go around. So I think you can play Metcalf with a ton of confidence, but you can with Lockett too. Uh, I, I don't know that they've, they can't go off together. I just kind of think that they haven't, you know, um, I don't think they've been involved in a game that necessitates it. Uh, And by that, I mean that Seattle got so far ahead of Indianapolis that they just weren't on the field very much. And so you could get both of these guys involved because they're both really expensive wide receivers, 7,100, 7,200. But, you know, you're looking at 14-3. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, we said we're like 13-7 or something like that. Yeah. Uh 13-1, maybe. So it's not that big of a difference. You're looking for an extra what three to five points. Like if they score a touchdown or two more than that tandem, then 
you know, you're in a good spot. The only thing that you have to worry about is Freddie Swain. Um, you know, if you're playing him on the, if you're playing him on the the four game slate, I think you play Freddie Swain quite a bit. I did last week. Actually, didn't work out so well for me. So maybe maybe you don't listen to me there. Um, but uh, going back to the the San Francisco side of things, it's good to see Brandon Ayuk get a little bit involved. He made a ton of sense playing him on the showdown. Um, I didn't. I thought about it, but I only played like one lineup or something like that because that was Sunday night, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I had to, it was my anniversary. I had to go out for dinner. I made one lineup. I was in a good spot. I didn't want to do that common mistake that we all do you have that big week big week uh or big score and then you just you know you go ahead and you play a bunch that that you know following slate and lose right it. yeah you drop you never win it you yeah. never win it's never like back to back like you never no, have that happen. never uh but i love Debo samuel in this one I, I think part of the reason that he was less effective last week despite 10 targets was he was just covered by Jair Alexander. Most of those targets that were coming to him, even if they were on the money, like Jair Alexander could have been the wide receiver where they were thrown. Like he was right there blanketing them. That catch at the end that put them in the position to score that final touchdown was just fantastic. But, you know, Alexander's hand was on the ball. So I, I love Debo Samuel here. He's a guy I didn't really consider in week one, and I thought it was a mistake. I played him a little bit in week two, and uh, I'll probably be playing quite a bit of Debo Samuel moving forward because this just offense doesn't have a lot of other weapons. No, no, they do not. I mean, there's Kittle, but do you want to pay the premium for Kittle? I don't I think been so. Able to, I haven't been able to fit kittle in anything this year he's just always been too too high priced i mean what what it comes down to i think you know talking about who could be the best place kittle can always be the best play but i feel like if you're playing kittle you're just that's the only piece you're playing you're just hoping he's getting one of those mega 10 target games where he's the only piece in the offense that they use and it's just over and over and over and over yep so that's the only way to justify his price all right uh Steelers at the Packers. Packers are a big favorite here. Uh, understandably so. Um, man, it, I don't know. It looked like Pittsburgh just gave up in the first quarter last week. They just looked terrible. They just decided, I'm just, we're just going to hand the ball off and whatever happens, happens. That's all we're going to do. Um, well, I mean, let's be fair. It wasn't their fault. They got no wide receivers. They just like, you know, Deontay Johnson was out. You had Juju Smith Schuster go down. It wasn't just they were handing off the ball. They they decided to throw the ball to Najee Harris nineteen times, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, but can they can they keep that up? Can no, they, can of, they course keep that up? <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think we'll see nineteen targets to a running back again unless Alex Smith comes out of retirement and Jay McKissick goes back to play with him. Um, so you know, uh, he's saying that he doesn't think James Washington plays hard. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I, I, I mean, I don't know. The Steelers suck. Um, let's just be honest about it. Like they're not a good team. This offensive line is not good. I kind of have come around at Najee Harris as being a a good player. We haven't seen him be able to really kind of explode at the NFL level, but I don't think it's his fault. I think it's the offensive line's fault. I think it's that defenses know that Ben can't throw the ball far. And when he tries to, he's not accurate. It, It sails over. He has to overcompensate. He just doesn't have the touch. We don't know what kind of health is going to be, uh, or what kind of health these wide receivers are going to have for Pittsburgh, who's going to play. I mean, this is a game where I think 
Green Bay could score 30, 40 points. We could hit the over on this game, and it could be with Pittsburgh getting like 10 points. Devontae Adams feels like a fantastic play every week. So yeah. I don't know if we really need to talk about that. But the guy that um, I think will go on your own is MVS. And I know you're a big MVS fan, right? And he won you a lot of money like a million years ago, correct? Like <laughs> well, last year, yeah. Oh, it was last year? I, I think it was like two, three years ago, wasn't was there? Was it like, two, three years ago? Wasn't there like a $12,000 win or something like that? That was week one last week, last year. No. Yeah, my, my big win was week one last year. Yeah, but I'm talking about like right before I even joined the show, like three, four years ago. Um, I think it was MVS. Yeah, I, I forget. It might have been. Okay. Well, I, I, guess, I, I guess you're not I a big fan. Yeah. I, guess, I, guess, I guess not. Uh, but yeah, you know, you look at what this guy has done in terms of his snap share. He he's out there. Is he is he hurt or something? Like I'm I'm not pulling him up on some of my. Oh man, no, oh. I don't yeah. think so. Let me take a look at something here before I I go into this. <laughs> While Chris uh, is looking that up, make sure. Oh, he didn't know. practice. He didn't practice. He's got a hamstring. So, or why now? Yeah, Devontae Adams. Let's let's do that. Any love for Aaron Jones? Yeah, of course. Why not? I know. Um, I guess the Pittsburgh defenses look decent, though, right? Like not not like crazy good, not like week one good, but they've above been, average. Yeah. They've been good against the the running back, though. I, so I, I kind of want to go to a wide receiver. I think, yeah, you know, Alan Lazard is somebody that we could play, um, especially if MVS is out. Who else is out there for for Green Bay? Cobb. Tom, I mean, I, I like MVS if he plays, but if he has a hamstring, he probably won't. So it's going to be just play Devontae, Devontae Adams. Just play him. I know yeah, you just, can't play him, Cop and Woods, and everybody that we're saying, but like, yeah, it's, it, that's who we're going to play. All right. This is first sip, man. This is the early preview. We're just, we're just oh, saying, man. we're just, we're just giving some stuff. Yeah, we get to the last these last games. And it's tough. Let's. I've yeah. got some stuff to talk about this last game though. So let's let's get to this game. You just play oh, Devontae. Adams. There's danger piping in. All right. Last. I don't know game. how you're going to do that, danger. That's that's super expensive. I think you were talking about playing um, Kadarius yeah, Tony, and that's how you're going to do it. You playing like a five hundred dollar tight end in the flex what are you doing there he's playing Kadarius <laughs> tony that's what he's doing he's probably playing Kadarius tony he's gonna go play a little bit of max williams i'm guessing at three thousand uh for the for the cardinals something something crazy like that playing some jets defense or something <laughs> all right all right final game of the main slate that we're covering tonight ravens at the broncos broncos have looked pretty solid the ravens are the ravens um so this is in denver in mile high actually had the Broncos favored by one in this game, which is a little bit surprising. Um, it's going to be tight. What's the over-under? Do you have the over-under in front of you? Uh, 45. 45. So, yeah, um, medium game. Um, I'm just going to pass this over to you. Can You know, Hollywood Brown, the Ravens should have blown Detroit out, right? He dropped at least three touchdown passes, if not four. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's that's the thing. So when we're looking at that Detroit game, and we can we can talk about Detroit keeping that game close, but they shouldn't have, and it wasn't a result of anything that they did necessarily. Again, six point eight yards per play is what they gave up. That should have been a blowout, mm-hmm. and it should have been something that the Ravens just ran away with. Part of it was all of those touchdowns that were dropped by Hollywood Brown. But you know, here's the takeaway from it: dude was wide open. Wide open. Wide open. And and that's kind of why when we were talking about that game earlier, you know, Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson are both pretty interesting, even if it's Justin Fields in the uh, quarterback position for Chicago, but more so if it's Andy Dalton, more so if it's Dick Foles. Uh, I'm still interested in Hollywood Brown. I, I don't think anybody plays Hollywood Brown this week. Like nobody, I think he's going to kind of rock bottom ownership at 5,400. This guy definitely has a ceiling. You know, I know that they got away from him in that game and you saw like Mark Andrews have, you know, a a great game and, and, you know, rightfully so he should have had a great game because you couldn't, you can't risk breaking Marquise Brown. I mean, he's kind of broken, but you can't risk breaking him more, right? Like if he dropped another touchdown pass, he might've retired. Like it might've been like that, um, God, I can't think of his name, but like remember a couple years ago when the Bills were really bad, and then like at halftime in the first game, the one cornerback's like, "Nah, man, I'm done. I retire." Yeah. Oh yeah, I can't remember his name. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I don't." He just do this walked anymore. off. I'm yeah, I don't want. I don't want to play for this team. Little did he know they were going to be good in like two years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think Marquise Brown is a super interesting play uh, for that reason alone, and they're going to go back to him. I mean, you look at what happened last year; they went back to him. Like, look. You'll know it's a good play if the first ball that goes his way is a catch, right? If he drops one, it's it's not going to be good. But I love Marquise Brown at low ownership against a Denver defense that we might be thinking a little bit too highly of. Let's let's talk about this. Let's talk yeah, who, about who have they played. They've played the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Giants. Zero and nine. <laughs> right. Okay. And in none of not one of those offenses screams huge passing attack, right? No. And I mean the Giants wide receivers put up 50 points. The Jags and the Jets, two rookie quarterbacks who haven't looked altogether that good. So I'm not I'm not sold on that. Whereas uh, you know, I I, th- I think that this offense from the Ravens is is somewhat you know, it's serviceable. Lamar Jackson has, has looked decent. Uh, he's certainly not what he was two years ago, per se. But put up 24, 24, and even 26 in a bad week against Detroit where they only scored 17 points. He still was able to put up, um, I'm sorry, those uh, 20, 37, and then 20. Not exactly what you want, but, uh, you know, they scored 17 points. When they score 17 points and he puts up 20 I think that's a good spot if they go ahead and are a little bit more competitive in this game and score some touchdowns. Marquise Brown catches some balls. I, I do think you could play Mark Andrews. And on the other side of it, Noah Fant, right? Like Noah Fant's a guy that's been sure. super involved. Eight targets, six targets, a lot less against the Jets, but they really didn't need much. I, I don't know if I really want to get involved too much with the wide receivers for Denver because this Baltimore team has been – pretty good at defending the wide receiver right so nothing great they did great against the lions okay against kansas city what you'd expect and we had no idea that that las vegas raiders uh, passing attack was what it was but what they have been bad at the same reason we were targeting tj hawkinson was the tight end and if you like tj hawkinson 
at what was it like 58 5900 something like that yeah. last week you gotta love noah fant at 43 absolutely i think that's a great pick and and this goes back to our recency bias and this is a way to leverage it is um like you said everybody's gonna be off hollywood brown because he dropped all those touchdown passes take it to your advantage yeah i mean i love it it's a great play i'm, I'm gonna have some hollywood brown i'm probably gonna have him in my article uh tune in on saturday morning with sam and i as we go over some of the answers and the conclusions to some of these and uh see if i still feel the same way you know i've had a couple drinks here i'm feeling a little hollywood brown frisky like you know let's play this guy that dropped three touchdowns uh i'll be completely dead sober saturday morning so we'll see if uh <laughs> we'll see if uh you know I, i've thought better of my decision at that point all right and that wraps it up for uh Vontae davis thank you Heat. that's exactly who there it was. you go <laughs> All right, that'll wrap it up for our first sit preview, the way too early preview of the week. Uh, make sure you catch us at drroto.com. Um, Chris, why don't you take us out? Yeah, so, hey, there's a lot of great stuff over at drroto.com, and this time next week, something super exciting. I know Mark's excited about it, probably not as much as me, but we've got League of Legends World. So, oh, hey, yeah. if you want something to sweat during the day, it starts at like 7 in the morning, Tuesday, because they're playing in Europe. It's some other DFS games that, at the very least, you can get involved on Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm going to have some articles. I'm going to have some videos. Uh, I'm going to help guide you to do that. It's all free, just like this video here. Saturday morning, the video is free. The article is not, and I'm not going to give you everything Saturday. So, yeah, you gotta subscribe. Go to drroto.com. Um, you know, subscribe to one of the packages. We've got a ton of stuff there, different articles, members only Discord, lots of cool stuff. You can find me on Twitter, Emmerich D4U at Brewery Mark uh, on Twitter. Hit us with some questions there. And then uh yeah, we will uh we'll see you next week for the next preview. Hopefully I won a hundred thousand, hopefully you won forty thousand, maybe even more than that. So we'll take it from here. All right, see y'all. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.